Well, good morning, church. As always, it is a great joy and privilege to be able to share with you God's Word. And so as I was preparing for this text, I was very excited uh, to be able to uh, preach it this morning. So I want to invite you into a little family tradition that Holly and I do every week. Every week, we make sure to make time to sit down and watch our favorite show, Survivor. <laughs> I expected a lot of laughs. Survivor is by far our favorite show. It's a show where 20 contestants are stuck on an island for 39 days, and they're trying to outwit, outplay, and outlast their fellow competitors as they seek to win the title of sole survivor and the winner of $1 million. Okay, I've watched all 37 seasons of this show, and I'm probably going to weep when they finally cancel it. So uh, this is a favorite show of ours. We always watch it. And one challenge that they do almost every season is that they, uh, uh, it's this challenge in which most of the teammates are blindfolded. And there's one teammate who's not blindfolded who's designated as the caller. And the caller's job is to direct and guide uh, uh, these blindfolded teammates across these obstacles to retrieve these various puzzle pieces, okay? Now, a good caller... A good caller is one that's going to guide these blindfolded teammates well. They're going to have a projected voice. They're going to lead them around obstacles. They're going to prevent them from hitting other people. They're going to guide them along the path that they're supposed to go on. Now, on the other side, a bad caller is one that's going to really fail at their job of guiding and directing their teammates it's often that you'll see with a bad caller that, the, that these blindfolded teammates are starting to wander off in various directions, further and further off course that they're supposed to be. They often run into pitfalls, often run into obstacles, often getting injured along the way. Now, a shepherd, follow me with this, okay? A shepherd is actually like a good caller, okay? Shepherd take care of sheep, and sheep are notorious for being, well, not the smartest of animals, right? And they're prone to wander. They're prone to wander off and, and find themselves into harmful or dangerous situations. And so a good shepherd, like a good caller, is one who's going to guide and direct the sheep to protect the sheep from wolves and predators and, and other obstacles that might give them harm. Now, a bad shepherd on the other hand, like a bad caller, is one that's not going to care for the sheep. They're not going to direct them. Instead, the, the sheep are prone to wander, to fall off, to find themselves into harmful and dangerous situations. They will not protect themselves, protect the sheep from the predators. Now, why do I bring up this topic of shepherds? Well, we're going to be looking at and tracing the theme of shepherds throughout the Bible. We're going to start in Ezekiel 34. And in Ezekiel 34, we're going to see that God is fed up with the bad shepherds of Israel and how they are not taking care of God's sheep, of God's people. So we're going to see in Ezekiel 34 this amazing declaration, this amazing promise that God has for his people. And then after we study Ezekiel 34, we're going to jump ahead to John chapter 10, where we see that the promise of God's declaration in Ezekiel 34 finally comes to fruition. And we see that Jesus, Jesus himself is going to come to shepherd his sheep. We'll see that in John chapter 10. And then we will close our time uh, uh, of study by looking at Psalm 23. And we're going to see how God is intimately with us 
through everything that we go through, that he is our shepherd and that we can find great comfort and joy in knowing that he is with us. But let's begin first by looking at Ezekiel 34. We're going to start in verse 11 if you want to find your way there. It's going to be on page 858 in your uh, church Bibles. In order to really fully grasp and understand the passage that we're going to read, I feel obliged to give you a little bit of background on Ezekiel. So I'm going to give you a very quick overview of of the book of Ezekiel. Historically, Ezekiel takes place uh, immediately before and after the fall of Jerusalem. Okay, And Ezekiel is already in Babylon. He's been exiled along with Daniel and the other high officials. And so Ezekiel finds himself in Babylon when he receives these visions, these encounters with the Lord. Now, the first 33 chapters of Ezekiel are all about judgment. Judgment, judgment, judgment. God is building his case against Israel saying, look, you you people are, are deserving of the punishment that I'm about to unleash on you. You people are deserving of being exiled because of all the ways that you've committed idolatry, all the ways that you rebelled against me, all the ways that you have not followed me. And so the first 33 chapters, God is leashing out judgment upon his people. But then chapter 34 is where things turn. Chapter 34 is where God starts to breathe hope into the lives of the Israelites. He starts to show them and tell them that he's going to renew and restore his people. And so that's where we find ourselves today in Ezekiel chapter 34. Now the first 10 verses, the first 10 verses, God starts off by indicting the bad shepherds of Israel, the bad leaders of Israel, telling them that they've neglected their job of taking care of the sheep, of taking care of God's people that they've abused their power, they have not uh, 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 healed or sought the lost. No, instead, they have completely neglected the job that God has given them. And so God's response to the bad shepherds of Israel is what we're going to read right now in Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 11. So all eyes in the Bible, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Let's stop right there. And so what we see here is that God very emphatically very repetitively says that it is he, he himself, who's going to come and shepherd his people. 
that he's fed up with the bad shepherds of Israel, and he makes this declaration that he is going to come, and he himself is going to shepherd his people. He's going to care for his flock. He's going to provide for them. He's going to rescue them. He's going to seek those that have wandered far from the fold, and he's going to bring them home. He's going to heal those that are injured, strengthen the weak. It is the Lord himself. The Lord himself is going to care, guide, and provide for his sheep. And so the Israelites who must have heard this all the way back when, when they heard this, they thought that maybe when they got back from exile, maybe when they returned to the land, that that is when God would come and intimately shepherd his sheep. But they came back and they waited. And they waited and waited and waited. And it turns out that it wasn't till 500 years, about 500 years after God made this declaration that his promise would be fulfilled. For 500 years after God declared that he would shepherd his sheep, that a little baby wrapped in swaddling cloths was born in a manger. Jesus would come to fulfill what God promised all the way back in Ezekiel 34. Jesus is going to come to be the good shepherd to his sheep. And so we're going to now turn to John chapter 10, where we're going to see how God fulfills the promise that he made in Ezekiel chapter 34, and how he is going to shepherd his sheep as he promised through his servant Jesus. So we're now looking at John chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. If you're in your blue Bibles, it's going to be page 1065. We're going to be reading John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not, listen, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." Now this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. 
and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Let's stop right there. Now, there is a lot to this passage, and I wish that I can cover it all today. But I'm going to specifically hone in on the aspects relating to Ezekiel 34, how Jesus fulfills the prophecy made in Ezekiel 34. And it seems very evident, quite clear, that Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. Now, I think this is very important for all of us to understand, and it's going to be important not just for this passage, but for the rest of the sermon. What does it mean to identify as one of God's sheep? What does it mean that we say that we are one of God's people? Well, I think quite clearly it answers that question when we look at at verse 9 in this chapter. So let's take a look once again at verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so what Jesus is saying is that it is only through Christ and through Christ alone that you can enter into the sheepfold. That to be part of God's flock, it must be through Christ. And it's through belief in Christ and in Christ alone that one can be saved, that you must believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That is how you become part of the flock. That is how you enter into the fold of God. So that's going to be important for us as we understand the rest of this passage and the rest of this sermon. Now, furthermore, what it also says is that Jesus has come as the good shepherd to guide his sheep. It says so intimately that his sheep hear his voice. And the good shepherd Jesus, he knows your name. How beautiful. How intimate is that relationship, that the good shepherd knows you by name, calls you, and that we know his voice and follow him. It's this indication of this tight-knit relationship between shepherd and sheep. And this reminds me of my son, Aiden. When I come home from work, I'll say, you know, hello, or I'm home. And this thing that's so endearing, it melts my heart every single time. It'll never get old to me, is I hear Aiden drop whatever toy he's playing with, and I hear the pitter-patter of his feet as he runs to try to find me, to give me a big hug. Warms my heart. You see, Aiden knows his father's voice, and when his father calls, he comes running. And in the same way, Jesus, our good shepherd, when he calls us by name, we come running to him to follow him because we trust in the good shepherd. We trust that he's going to guide us. We trust that he's going to direct us to where we're supposed to go. Jesus, the good shepherd, is here to guide us. Now, Jesus, the good shepherd, is also here to protect us. It says in verses 10 through 15 that Jesus protects us from the wolves, from from the enemies that are trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's great, but you know what else is even greater? The fact that Jesus says that he's come to lay down his life for the sake of the sheep. You see, Jesus is going to die on the cross, sacrificing himself in order to save his sheep, his flock, from facing the even worse consequence of God's judgment for our sin. Jesus, the good shepherd, loves his sheep and lays down his own life to save them. 
it becomes very evident from this passage that Jesus is the shepherd that God was talking about in Ezekiel 34, that Jesus fulfills the promise that God would one day come to shepherd and care for his sheep. Finally, at last, God has come to shepherd his people. Now, what does it look like practically, practically in our everyday lives for Jesus to be our good shepherd? We can say it till we're blue in the face, Jesus is our good shepherd, but what does it actually mean when the rubber hits the road? Well, I think first and foremost, we see that Jesus is here to guide us on this journey, right? He gives us wisdom. He directs our paths. He opens doors for us to walk through, and he closes others that he doesn't want us to go through. Jesus, our good shepherd, is there to guide us, to lead us through this life. Jesus, our good shepherd, is also there to provide for us. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, my social security number was potentially compromised. And so ever since then, I've been a little paranoid about uh, documents that have sensitive information on it. So I've always tried to destroy them in some way, shape, or form. And so the other day, uh, about a year ago, my wife and I were like, we, we really need a shredder because we're sick of like shredding these things into a million pieces, right? And so we wanted to get a shredder, but boy, they're expensive. And so lo and behold... A few days later, someone comes into church and says, I've got a shredder that I'm giving away. Does anyone need it? We didn't even pray for the shredder. <laughs> and God brings a shredder right into church. It's just amazing. And I'm sure that if I asked every single one of you, you'd all have a God moment story in which God came through and provided something that you needed, even if it was something minor. See, Jesus, our good shepherd, he is with us. He's going to provide for us. But not only does he provide for us materially, no, he provides for us spiritually, doesn't he? In John chapter 6, it says that Jesus declares, he says, I am the bread of life. It is through him that we get our spiritual sustenance as we walk through this long life, as we walk through this journey of following Jesus, it is by nourishing ourselves on Jesus, the bread of life, that we can find strength, that we can find the courage to keep going forward. Jesus, our good shepherd, provides for us. Now, Jesus, our good shepherd, he also protects us. And this is also a very practical application. I'll tell you, I'm a, I love hiking. And there was a time that I was hiking a, a mountain in uh, New Hampshire, and I was going downhill with my friends, and I remember distinctly putting my foot on this one rock, and this one rock started to give way, and somehow, some way, by the grace of God, I was able to steady myself and prevent any further injury. Now, let me tell you, I should have either rolled my ankle, sprained my knee, or broken bones, but it was by the grace of God that that rock was steadied under my foot, and I was able to walk down that mountain safely, right? It was a long way down from there, so my friends would have had to carry me. That would have been very bad, right? But it got me thinking, how many rocks have I stepped on that would have given way had it not been the Lord protecting me? And then it got me thinking even more, how many spiritual attacks has the Lord deflected that I'm not even aware of? The Lord our good shepherd is with us, and he's protecting us. 
Now, our good shepherd is also one who rescues us and saves us. Jesus' mission, as it declares in Luke chapter 19, when he's talking to Zacchaeus, his mission is to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus is on mission to find his lost sheep and to bring them back home to the sheepfold of God. He will leave the flock of 99 in order to find the one and bring them back safely. And if I were to be honest, I used to be the one sheep that was astray. And Jesus left the fold to come get me and carry me home. And if you are one of God's sheep today, then you too also know that you were wandering, that you were far from God's fold. And God found you, he rescued you, he put you on his shoulders, and he brought you back home. And if this morning, if this morning you are still wandering far from God, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I really want to encourage you with this good news that Jesus is still in the business of seeking and saving the lost. He is still out there finding his lost sheep and bringing them back home to the fold. And so if you don't know the Lord today, if you're far from God's fold, then I want to encourage you, allow Jesus to take you home. Allow Jesus to bring you back. It'll be the best decision you'll ever made. Now, not only does he rescue us, he does more than that. He saves us. He saves us. He lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. Jesus died in order that we may have life. Jesus died so that we could be adopted into God's family. Jesus died so that we can be right with God and have everlasting life in his presence. Jesus, the good shepherd, rescues us and then lays down his life in order to save us. And so, as a recap, where we've gone so far this morning, we've seen in Ezekiel 34 that God has declared that he himself is going to come down and shepherd his sheep, that he will intimately be with us and shepherd us. And then we see that it is ultimately fulfilled in Christ, that Christ is the good shepherd who has come to at last shepherd, for, shepherd God's care, shepherd God's flock. He has come to guide, provide, and protect his sheep. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is with us to shepherd us. Now, I want to close with looking at Psalm 23. So let's make our way to Psalm 23. And we're going to see in this beautiful psalm that God is not distant. He is not shepherding us from afar. No, he is shepherding us so close, so intimately. It is a beautiful psalm that ought to bring great joy, comfort, and security in knowing that our God, our Lord, the Good Shepherd, is with us. He is near and so we have no need to be afraid. Let's take a look at Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What we see here is that Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us. The main idea of this passage, behind this passage, is the fact that the Lord is with us in all of our circumstances, and he is there to faithfully shepherd us. No matter what we are going through, no matter the highs or the lows, no matter the hills or the valleys that we're going through, Jesus is there with us. And so, if the kids are crazy, or the kids are walking far from the Lord, we can take courage in knowing that the Lord, your good shepherd, is with you. When anxiety is crippling you, or depression is enveloping you like a thick cloud of darkness, take heart and know that the Lord, your good shepherd, is with you. He is strong enough to pull you out of that pit and set you on the solid ground that is Christ. When finances are tough and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, take heart, take courage. Know that the Lord, your good shepherd, is with you. He will provide for your needs. If your marriage is in shambles, it's on the rocks, Take courage. Take heart, brothers and sisters. The Lord, your good shepherd, is with you. He will guide and direct your paths. He will be with you every step of the way. And you know what? When the test results come back, and they're far worse than you ever imagined, you're scared, you feel lonely on this path. Find hope. And knowing that the Lord, your good shepherd, is with you. He's going to be with you every single step of that painful journey. The Lord is our shepherd, and he is with us in Christ. This brings tremendous comfort, joy, and security in knowing that our God is with us. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, he tells us, look, I will lead you and make you lie down in green pastures. The good shepherd, when he knows that we need nourishment, that we need strength, he directs us to the green pastures where we can find that nourishment and strength. He leads us beside still waters. If you're feeling weary, if you're feeling burdened, if you're feeling a weight is on you, if you're feeling thirsty, Jesus, the good shepherd, will lead you to the quiet waters where you can find refreshment for your soul. He restores 
my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Jesus, the good shepherd, directs you along the path, directs you to where you are to go. He tells you the path that you're not to go down and instead guides you to where is righteousness and truth. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even when we walk through the darkest times in our life, whether it is the loss of a loved one, whether it is we ourselves are facing some terminal illness, whether we are in a situation that's so dark that we do not know which way is up, or even when one day we see death face to face, we can trust that the good shepherd is with us even then, even in the darkest time. We can trust that the good shepherd who has been leading us through life will also lead us through the darkest valley. Because we can trust that he has led us to the green pastures. We trust that he's led us to this quiet, still waters. We trust that he's restored our soul, that he's been faithful in all these things. And so he will be faithful in leading you in the darkness. Even though it seems lonely, even though we can't see Christ with us. No, take heart, brothers and sisters. Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us even in the dark times. And what's amazing, what's amazing is that this passage ends in hope. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We walk through that valley. We walk through that darkness, but we see the risen sun, and we have hope, hope that Christ has been with us along the entire way. The Lord is my shepherd. And he is with me. Now, I want to close with a hymn that I heard the other week at a funeral for one of my relatives. I've heard this hymn so many times, but it took on greater meaning when I uh, was preparing for this sermon. So listen to these lyrics as I read them aloud. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. If you pass through raging waters in the sea, you shall not drown. And if you walk amongst the burning flames, you shall not be harmed. And if you stand before the power of hell and death is at your side, know that I am with you through it all. Be not afraid, for I go before you always. Come, follow me. I will give you rest. Don't be afraid, my fellow sheep. Jesus, our good shepherd, is with us always. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He said that he will not abandon us as orphans. No, the Lord is our shepherd and he is with us in Christ. He is there with us in the hills and the valleys, in the highs and the lows, in the storms and the sunshine, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Our good God 
Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is there to guide, provide, and protect us. The Lord is our shepherd, and he is with us in Christ. May we, no matter what our circumstances may be, find great comfort and joy in knowing that we have Jesus, Emmanuel, who is our good shepherd and who is with us. Amen. Let's pray together. O gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to be near us, to shepherd us, to guide, provide, and protect us. That we do not need to fear, no matter what our circumstances may be, whether it is sunshine or storm, that we can trust that we have our good shepherd who is with us, leading us and guiding us through. God, would you remind us of this truth and would it well up in us great joy, comfort, and security in knowing that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We praise your mighty name and we pray all these things, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.